Creatures of the Night! Welcome to Talking Taker, episode 136 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all Tizum, The Undertaker! I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts, one of the Creatures of the Night, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my pandemic podcasting partner, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, what a wild world we live in now. It's been a while since we last podcasted. The world was so much different uh, 10 days ago when we were on a plane and in New York City. I mean, so much has changed. But I'll tell you what, we have been preparing for this for a long time because we have been practicing social distancing with our podcast since day one man <laughs> 200 true. miles between us every single week that's right yeah we, we announced uh, or we mentioned last week that uh we've only done what four quote-unquote live episodes out of 136 so yeah um yeah we've been doing the social distancing thing before it was cool so yeah and just, You're right. just incredible timing, man. This is true fate, truly meant to be that literally the weekend before the world fell apart due yeah. to this coronavirus pandemic, we were able to go fly to New York, meet The Undertaker, shake hands with him, yep. which <laughs> seems regretful in hindsight i really hope we didn't pass anything along to the dead man <laughs> he is all creeping into that uh, danger zone of, of senior citizen <laughs> level. Oh, no. but uh, <laughs> uh you know literally when we got back home is when it all started going haywire man like it's just just incredible that that it worked out that way well it makes me so much more grateful for the, the experience as well honestly in hindsight it's like man like if it had been two days later you know like we wouldn't have gotten to go probably you know or they would have canceled it or whatever so but uh yeah it was um yeah it is what it is man it's great <laughs> and I'm glad we got to do it and like you said we might be the last time we ever anyone ever gets to do that you know so yeah we may not do those anymore i don't <laughs> think takers come to our barbecue anytime soon but <laughs> we'll be sure to have plenty of purell <laughs> if he does decide to make it over there and uh, we'll keep it under 10 people. But, uh, <laughs> no, in all, <laughs> in all seriousness, I mean, it is a crazy time that we're living in. I know people have uncertainty with uh, just with the virus itself. People, A lot of people have uncertainty with their jobs right now and uh, people getting laid off and everything. We do take that very seriously, and we, we want to continue to to do this to do this podcast and for the uh, few of you that are out there listening we hope it can provide a little bit of relief a little bit of of a break from from all the news and all the all the insanity out there a little humor a, a little uh just a little bit of excitement and, and fun amidst all this craziness so uh we're gonna keep on plugging along with all that keep on doing that and we're feeling well and healthy and uh like i said we're millions of miles or hundreds of miles apart so uh <laughs> not breathing on each other or anything like nope. that we're good to go man yeah let's keep it light and keep it fun and uh what's isn't that the 
the LFO band, light funky ones. We might as well yep. call us that as we keep going through this coronavirus. We'll keep it light and funky here as we are talking about Backlash 2008, dude. Uh, we're going to go back and pick up where we left off from WrestleMania. We're going to continue on. Like we said, it's all Edge and Big Show this year in 2008 as far as The Undertaker goes. And it's all Edge for a long, long time. So we're going to... Got- Two guys that had been there since 98 and 99 would take her, and then a decade later, they're just lighting up the main event scene with him. <laughs> it's just crazy. And they're still there in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a exactly. lot of that on this episode, a lot of interesting. These guys are yeah. still doing stuff here in 2020 that we're going to talk about here, man. And uh, Well, before we jump into it, let, let's talk about 2020, man. We just saw one of the strangest Undertaker segments in years on Monday Night Raw where the yeah. Undertaker performed in front of a empty audience at the performance center and it's the it's right now it's possibility that he'll be performing in front of an empty audience at WrestleMania. I mean, what did you make of Undertaker and AJ Styles contract signing the other night, Travis? Well, his his fastest entrance to the ring ever, probably, <laughs> not on a motorcycle. <laughs> so, he made a beeline for that ring. <laughs> I, uh, it was neat to see that. And then the whole thing I was talking to you about before we started recording is like him, you know, I don't know which character this is or where it's headed because he's Undertaker, but AJ's calling him Mark, but he's kind of got that American BA kind of, you know, like attitude about him and swagger and stuff. So who knows, man? I'm interested to see where the story's going. And you and I were talking beforehand, like we hope that, you know, if they, we hope that this WrestleMania could be in front of fans at some, somehow, like in a safe way, maybe later on in the year or whatever, or, just um, who knows? We'll see what happens. But if he is going to come back as you know the Kid Rock guy, like he needs to have fans there to ride the motorcycle down in front of. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't be big evil riding out in the performance center to an empty yeah. audience, dude. It, it just and you know I, I said on there or I said to you earlier, like yeah, I, I don't think WrestleMania should be held currently. I do hope it gets pushed back. I don't know to the summer or to the fall or something like that because. You know, with Undertaker, like every match could be his last match. I know mm-hmm. we've been saying that for three years now, <laughs> but it really is true. At some point, it's going to be his last match. And yeah, like what if he gets hurt facing AJ? And like, what if this would be his last match in front of no fans? Come on, like we can't yeah. be having that. But uh, I did think the segment was really well done uh, under I all the circumstances, it. and definitely getting some big evil vibes from Taker with the straps down and the skull cap on his head and <laughs> yeah. talking about Michelle McCool too. Like, I don't know, man, it's, they're definitely teasing something like uh, maybe he performs as Mark Calloway. Like maybe, maybe he does. He, yeah. For he sheds the undertaker one last for his final match and finally wrestles in Mark Calloway. Who knows, man? Uh, a lot of, maybe he performs as Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> 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 A little cosplay for McCool there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, the whole bringing his wife into it, you know, that happened back in 2001, but that oh, was a different wife. God. But that was also, um, you know, that was when he was the more real character of himself, you know. So yeah, this is the first time we've ever seen The Undertaker be, like, you know, have his wife brought into storylines. It's kind of weird, so. Let's hope it doesn't go down that path and have AJ DDP st- <laughs> stalking <laughs> Michelle McCoy. Yeah, AJ needs to call DDP and see how that worked out for him. But 
We will talk about that at a later date, you know, as we're creeping closer and closer to the present time. But let's take this time travel on hers back to 2008, Travis. Pick up where we last left off from that quote-unquote live episode we did last week. Folks, if you haven't listened to that and heard all about WrestleMania 24 and then our trip to meet The Undertaker, please go back in the archives. Uh, one of our favorite episodes we've ever done. And, oh, yeah. Uh, be sure to check out our YouTube page, too, because I put up a little vlog yeah, about great. our journey. Uh, I didn't record as much as I, I, I wish I did, uh, but I was, you know, we're trying to live in the moment, and uh, it was my first time doing one of those, so, you know, maybe we'll do some more if we have any other fun stuff to go to in the future, but uh, just a little something extra, a, little, a few other extra clips of our time together and time there and our travels, so go check that out. But uh, we're going to pick up here the night after WrestleMania real quick before we get into all the storyline stuff because I do want to mention a very famous Undertaker moment here on March 31st, 2008. And this is, of course, very, very memorable, the Ric Flair retirement ceremony on this episode of Raw. Obviously, Shawn Michaels beat him in his final match, his final WWE match, that is, at WrestleMania 24. (laughs) And... um, you know, we've mentioned on here, both of us weren't really watching wrestling at this time, but we watched WrestleMania, and I know I watched this retirement ceremony live. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, I figured you did too. And it's great, Miss. It's really touching, uh, really heartfelt. Uh, all of Flair's greatest friends, greatest rivals come out, shake his hand, give him his hug. I mean, he is balling through the whole thing. Uh, not MVP style, but um, <laughs> B-A-W-L-I-N-G. Uh <laughs> Well, Ric Flair's always balling. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I, maybe more so now in his 70s than he was back then. <laughs> he might be, man. Ric Flair drip. Uh, <laughs> Triple H brings the entire roster out eventually. They're all giving him a round of applause. And show goes off the air. But uh, on the WWE Network, there's a little after-the-show thing. And I believe this was released like on YouTube or WWE.com back in the day. Uh, but after the entire roster comes out, after the show goes off TV, the Undertaker's music hits, the gong hits, and he makes his usual entrance. He is in full gear, full get up, and a really cool moment. The roster who'd been standing there giving Flair round of applause, they all part like part mm-hmm. to two sides of the ramp and make it to where Undertaker walks through everybody and. Flair, he kind of looks a little bit confused as all this is going. He's got, got a smile on his face, but he kind of thinks it's a little weird, I think. Um, yeah. And it is a little weird. It's like an only in wrestling thing. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Taker takes off his jacket and his hat and does that Shakespeare kneel and lifts his hands up towards Ric Flair and uh, shakes Ric Flair's hand, raises his arm, and then Undertaker joins the rest of the roster and just standing there applauding Ric Flair. So... Think about where we've been on this journey, man. Think about the Undertaker that we've seen. Think about all the events that he did not break character for. Like, he wasn't out there for 9-11. He wasn't out there for Owen Hart or Eddie Guerrero or anything. So this shows you a lot about what the Undertaker feels about Ric Flair. That, you know, they waited till it went off TV, but he did want to go out there and pay his respects to Ric Flair. Um, So shows you that commitment that Undertaker has to his character. Yeah, exactly. Shows you the respect that uh, Ric Flair has 
in Undertaker's eyes. And it shows you the respect that the rest of the roster has for Undertaker, too. That they all, yep. like, parted to the side for him and that they all made sure that he went on last and had that moment with Flair. So, yeah, because he doesn't even have much of a history. I mean, they had the stuff in 91 with him helping him win the title, and then yeah. they had the match at WrestleMania. But other than that, they really didn't cross paths, you know, made, made two major occasions and, uh, you know, separated by, you know, a decade plus. So, um, yeah, it's very, you know, but again, like you said, he's just earned that credit and the goodwill with everybody. So it's, it's pretty cool to see that. And, uh, Man, you talk about stuff and then not breaking character over the years. He didn't even break character in Kuwait, man, when he was champion. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, that TV show. <laughs> but that's why this thing in 2020 is so novel because he's mm. the same guy, but mm. he is breaking character. So, yeah, but we'll get to that eventually on episode 694. <laughs> Never <laughs> stops wrestling. Oh, man. Oh, got a ways to go. But, uh, yeah, so I'm sure everyone out there has seen it, but uh, on a rare chance that you haven't, definitely go seek that out. Um, the I whole, think it's on that after the show. You got me that DVD a few years ago. It might be this. on that. I think it's on yeah. that. I know I've seen it online before that, but I think it's on there too. If not, I've seen it somehow. But, yeah, I remember that night like it was, like it was you know, yesterday, but I did forget about covering it when we uh, were going through our notes here. But, anyway, that's going to take us on to the – the next ride, so that's going to be SmackDown on April 4th, uh, 2008. This is the first SmackDown after WrestleMania here. And um, Edge and his cronies, you know, La Familia, come out there. I guess they're called that at this point. Are, are they? Oh, wait, man. Here it is. He's about to say it. I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead. So, um, of course, Vicky's being pushed in a wheelchair by, by Teddy. And you got the Edge guys out there and Chavo and Michael Cole reminds us that, you know, not only did Edge lose his title in one of the best man events in, uh, in WrestleMania history, but Chavo also lost his title in one of the shortest matches in WrestleMania history. So <laughs> I think it was, what, like eight seconds or something like yeah. that? Yeah. I remember being flabbergasted watching that. I, I know. Were you, were you there? You I did. Were there I, I, did. I saw yeah. that part. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was, but I can't, I can't disagree with Cole, man. The main event was, man, it was an excellent main event in WrestleMania. So, uh, but yeah, it's good stuff. But you know, they're both, they're all in foul mood here, and Edge says, "I have never been so ticked off in my life." I stand out here and I feel naked. You know, because he didn't have his title. It's and, not the uh, first he, time he's been naked on uh, WWE TV. <laughs> he took the words out oh. of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, it just occurred to me as I was saying that. It's not, and it won't be the last, actually. We're going to cover that in just a second here, too. Oh, so, God, yeah. But, uh, yeah, without his title, he does feel that way. But, you know, he says he let himself down and let his fans down. and um, But he let he, you know, he's let his, his fiance Vicky, down. And that's the most important thing. And you just get a huge you suck chance, which I love, man. It's just crowd is crapping all over. He's just such, such a good heel. But um, uh, he apologizes and promises that very soon he'll once again be the, the world heavyweight champion. And he, he hands the mic to Chavo. So you should probably start with Chavo and hand it to Edge. <laughs> I'm just, but, but, you know, but whatever. What is, what is Edge wearing in this segment? Oh man, is he wearing? Oh, he's wearing a Chavo shirt. That's right, yeah. man. I love yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, and Chavo's wearing an Edge shirt. I think, and if not right now, then later on he's wearing an Edge shirt. So <laughs> that was great, yeah, man. man, showing showing the fandom for each other. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. But 
But Chavo does get on the mic right here, and he says that he feels like he let the familia down. So I think, in my opinion, from what I recall, that's the first time we've heard that. So yeah, I think um, so. But uh, so from going on here on out, they'll call him that, and they're going to introduce a new member uh, later on this week, I think, or next week. But um, he says that you know Kane cheated at WrestleMania and is too scared to face him, you know, face to face. And he says he'll once once again become the ECW champion, and. Um, Vicky then gets on the microphone, and before she even gets to speak, she's just getting drowned in booze. And she says, like I think you mentioned last week or the week before, that she started that excuse me thing, but it hasn't really become what we come to know it as. But right here, I really noticed it. Like She's like, excuse me, and they're just ramping up the booze. And excuse me, and it's just, man, I love love where it's headed. I, I remember that scene with her and Cena and Ziggler. God, oh, God, what year was that? <laughs> <laughs> and like John Cena's just a little dying laughing, like because the fans won't stop. Like that was what 2010 or 11 or 12. Or like I don't know. That, anyway, yeah. it's uh, it's hysterical to me. I just I know where we're headed with this. Excuse me, stuff. So it's cracking me up. But um, she says it's her pleasure to announce that they're both going to get their opportunities again at Backlash. So kind of reminded me again of 1997, where just the night after the wrestle at the pay per view, it's like, oh, here's your main event. So um. We're going to get you know a rematch of Chavo and Kane for the ECW title and a rematch of Edge and, and Taker for the, um, you know, a, a match at Backlash, which, again, I mean, he lost pretty fairly, you know, pretty definitively to Undertaker. But, you know, he's got the heel GM in his back pocket, That's so Edge true. is going to get that. So yeah. it makes sense. But uh, tonight it's going to be champion versus champion, brother versus brother. It's Kane versus the Undertaker in the main event, and uh, which Michael Cole is going to tell us that this is the first time these two have faced each other in four years since WrestleMania 20. Yeah. So I think he's right. I think so. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. They kept their distance but, um, from each other since then. Yeah. But it's interesting here because this time they're both good guys, you know? So they've I, always been I think a that's baby the face. first time that's ever happened. Yeah, they've I think so. they heels when they faced each other yeah. before, like in 98. I don't yeah, think they've ever true. both been baby faces against each other. So Yeah, I don't it's think a, so. It's a different style match. It really is, man. It really is. So, um, but I do like before before the actual match happens. There's this real tight close up of Kane's face backstage, which is always terrifying because he just looks ridiculous with the half haircut and the, the contact in. And yes, all of a sudden the camera zooms out a little bit, and Taker just walks up and kind of glances at him and nods, and then walks on by, and Kane just watches him leave. So, you know, there's still that. You know, they have such a rich history. You can do something small like that, and it means something. You know, if this was like. Colin Delaney and uh, Trent Beretta. It wouldn't have mattered, you know what I'm saying? But it's these two guys who have such a history. So he's like, I, got I apologize. You. I got you. <laughs> exactly. I got you. I apologize for bringing those two guys' names up just a second ago. <laughs> Please forgive me. But, um, you know, the match is it's a pretty good match. It's, uh, it's a lot different, like you said. And um, Cole and Coach are wondering during this match, you know, I wonder if they wrestled each other when they were kids. You know, and they uh, – great question. I mean, which um, You and your brother I, did. We absolutely did. I just tagged him in a Facebook thing the other day. It said, if your brother never put you in the walls of Jericho, which I would call line tamer, is he really ever? Is he really your brother or something like that? And my brother put me in it pretty much daily, on a daily <laughs> basis, back in 96, 7, 8, 9. So, 
I put him in it and got him tapped out one time, and he denies it to this day. But I remember it because as a little brother, the one time I ever made my brother lose to me was I had him in the line tamer pinned up against the couch, and he could not bend out of it. So Ooh. I had my knee shoved in his back, and uh, he tapped, and I'll never – that's my favorite victory of all time probably. <laughs> my my big brother tapped out in the line tamer. So he beat me nonstop. So. I love it. I love <laughs> that's a little side note there. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's extra credit for you guys. But uh, anyway, uh, this main event um, is, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, they, they kind of start slugging away at each other and really amping up the, the physicality and stuff. But, of course, it gets ruined because um, Edge, Hawkins, and Ryder and Chavo run in and attack him and cause a double DQ. And they take him out and pose over them. But then Kane and Taker do the double sit-up spot to him, which is always neat to see mm-hmm. them do that when they're on tag team or, or whatever. But... Um, they double choke slam Edge and Chavo, do the throat slash, and then give um, give their opponents for a backlash a tombstone at the same time. So stereo tombstones, these young up-and-comers, Kane and Undertaker, <laughs> standing tall at the end of the night, <laughs> holding their titles in the sky, which is uh, just pretty pretty cool to see. And again, they're the big baby faces walking out of Mania, so it's neat to see them you know, getting you know, to stand tall here as we kind of enter the next yeah. quote-unquote season of wrestling. So. And this one other thing that happened this night is that there was uh, Natty Neidhart makes her debut, which is just crazy to think about that she's been there for 12 years. Like, it's just nuts, man. So she's, I mean, she's young here, but um, I mean, she's not old now, but she's very young here. And she, I think she was uh, Victoria's like mystery tag partner or something like that. So, which I forgot Victoria was there this this far in her career. She she was there for a lot longer than I remember. She was there a long time. Yeah. Natty Neidhart makes her debut and talking about people who are still there today. Still there. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the story of this episode. I mean, she's a Hall of Famer for sure one day. Oh, yeah. Victoria should be yeah. too for that matter. But I love me some Victoria. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, SmackDown the next week, April 11th, 2008. You know, a lot of times they'll, they'll show the graphic at the start of the show with the main yeah. event to get you hooked. You know, they got that big... Make you tune in. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to stay tuned for the next two hours. And mm-hmm. who wouldn't be hooked with this main event, Travis? The Undertaker, the World Heavyweight Champion, in the ring with Biscuits and Bestest. <laughs> this really happened. <laughs> I saw this and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, Why would they advertise that? To make me tune oh, in. A they... match for the ages. Oh, this, man. This SmackDown. Well, Go ahead. I was going to take Taker face Kane last week and he's taking facing fake Kane this week. Uh, that's true. <laughs> May 19th game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this SmackDown is off the rails, man, because they got some ridiculous segments with yes. Edge and Vicky. They're having a spa day, going to relax. You know, they've had a tough couple weeks since WrestleMania, so Edge and Vicky go relax. Also with Teddy Long. <laughs> he has to stand there and just watch every segment. Uh, so first they're getting a couple's massage and Teddy's just sitting in the background. Then they're getting matching facials and pedicures. and For the same the same ladies, the, the mm-hmm. cops or the masseuses, like They were so yeah. bad. They're such bad actresses. It's, it's all in one service there. Um, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Edge is getting Strawberry Fields Forever as his pedicure, as his uh, yeah. toenail color or whatever. And Teddy Long is just disgusted by all of it. You know, baby, it's 
to simple pleasures in life. It's the simple things, things that I never would have thought of for myself that, that you've opened my eyes to today. Whether it's massages or steam baths or matching pedicures. And you know what? You're right. It does take a real man to pull off strawberry fields forever. <laughs> strawberry fields forever? And matching pedicures? And uh, we actually get a camera view that is inside Teddy Long's eyes at one point. Like the camera cuts to his perspective looking down at Edge and Vicky somehow, man. They invented this new type of uh, camera. I guess they embedded it in his glasses or something. I don't know. Maybe like Minority Report or something. I don't know. (laughs) Weird. Uh, Later on, uh, Eve Torres is talking with... Jesse and Festus, or just Jesse, really. He's the right. only one talking. And uh, Jesse is just at a loss for words for all of this. And, he's, you know, their whole gimmick is he always says, I've never seen Festus looking like this. And then they cut to Festus and he <laughs> looks exactly the same as he always right. looks. Which, I mean, bravo to Mr. Gallo's commitment to this yeah. role, dude. Put him in the Hall of Fame just for the way that he maintained this character. It's uh, Undertaker levels of maintaining his character, I would say. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and can we just talk about for a second? He's, you know how old he is here? Tell us. He's 24. Outrageous. <laughs> he looks 44. <laughs> he looks awful. We're 34, and he looks right. at least a decade older than us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's 24 here, and he is just like... I mean, he's huge, and he just looks like an old man. Like, I just don't... I don't get it. It's like a middle-aged dad. Like, I don't, like, he looks better now in 2020 than he did 20, you know, 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. But, yeah, kudos to old, hey, man. old Drew Hankinson. It works for him. Uh, well, Undertaker's out next. He makes his grand entrance, and we head to commercial. And before Festus can come out, we get one last vignette with uh, Edge and Vicky. They're in bed <laughs> in their hotel room. Got some whipped cream and strawberries in bed, and they're playing playing with it and all that sort of stuff. Edge turns the lights out, and we hear some rustling underneath the sheets. And before they can finish their feast, uh, Teddy turns the lights back on. And he's like, look, there's one thing for me to stand guard at the door, but to make me be here in the room and watch this display, that is beyond the call of duty. <laughs> Witnesses I'll, strawberry grazing. I'll say. Man. Yeah, I'd say. Edge and Vicky got some sort of kink where they want Teddy to uh, watch. Man. Well, Edge has always been into that, you know, with that Lita in the in the in the ring and stuff. So yeah, but Edge's thing. Teddy also really needs this job, man, because he he stood ground for a long time <laughs> in that hotel yeah. room. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'd have left a long time ago. Seriously, I'm um, out of here. I don't know what the heck just happened, but it was something else. And I don't know what the heck's about to happen now, but we got biscuits and gravy bringing out Festus for his match. Going from strawberry and cream to biscuits and gravy. <laughs> my favorite ping pong of all time. <laughs> Seriously, it's fantastic. <sighs> wow. Uh, well, you know the gimmick. The bell rings. Festus wakes up from his uh, stupefied state. Uh, and Undertaker goes straight after him. The uh, corn-fed Colossus, as he's called, recovers mm. and kind of holds his own 
a bit against Taker. Taker gives him a little bit. It, it doesn't go as short as you think it would. Um, it doesn't go as short as I like it. Uh, would like for it to. <laughs> it goes mm-hmm. about ten minutes long and actually has a ref bump in this match. Festus runs into Charles Robinson and knocks him out. Then Undertaker locks in that deadly submission. Um, mm. That might have to be a shirt. <laughs> but <laughs> there's no ref. So Festus is in that submission hold for a long time uh, before Jimmy Corderas runs in and rings the bell. And so the story they're trying to get over here, uh, Jesse runs in and he's freaking out. Festus is bleeding from the mouth like everyone else has. And the announcers are putting over that Festus was in that submission hold longer than anybody's been. Uh, they don't understand how he was able to maintain. They, they're they like, he didn't even realize what was happening and he may have permanent damage from all this. Uh, they don't know what the after effects of all this yeah. might be. So that's what they're trying to get over. That's really the storyline all month is we're really putting over this new submission move um, as even more so than we had before. Uh, and it's going to play a much bigger part in the storyline uh, after this month as well. Right, but it's funny because as I'm watching this, I don't remember these episodes. I, I remember the WrestleMania match, and I knew he was facing take uh, Edge at Backlash, but I didn't really watch. We've mentioned we don't really watch. I was more paid more attention to Raw than to SmackDown. So as I'm watching this the other day, I'm like, did we just take a week off from storytelling? Like <laughs> to just have this? Like I don't. What was this whole night? Like it starts to make sense as the rest of the couple weeks go on with. Edge taking time off, them putting Taker against these big guys to wear. Right. Like, it makes sense. But when you're watching it in a bubble like I am here, I'm like, what just happened? This is like, what is wrong with this night of SmackDown? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think they say at one point, uh, they might have said it after this, but they, they said, you know, Vicky's stacking yeah, these I think monsters it was the week after like this, Festus against yeah. Taker to wear him down. But. Yeah, it is. It is definitely weird if you're watching it at, at the time. And, yeah. yeah, in a bubble for sure. <laughs> uh, oh. and, yeah, and then uh, before we get to the next week's SmackDown, there is something that we talked about previously on the show, uh, but we'll mention it here just real quick. That um, you know, EC bubble. Yeah, that's right. Talking about, talking about in a bubble. <laughs> EC bubble. Uh, we did our special ECW episode on episode 123 back in the archives where we talked about The Undertaker, his two matches in ECW. We fantasy booked some ECW opponents for Undertaker, had he competed in the original ECW, and then did a watch along for the December to Dismember Elimination Chamber main event we were at back in the day in our hometown of Augusta, Georgia. Uh, another one of my favorite episodes we've ever mm-hmm. done. A really fun one if you never listened to that one. But... The Undertaker's second ECW match takes place in the timeline right here. Uh, We went into it more in depth on that episode, so we won't really cover it here. But Undertaker and Kane did team up to defeat the SmackDown Tag Team Champions in the year 2008. And also, amazingly, (laughs) in the year 2020, as we speak, The Miz and John Morrison. Dude, how crazy is that? That story of this episode. I mean, Festus just wrestled The Undertaker on Raw. He just had right, a segment yeah. with Undertaker yeah. on Raw this week, <laughs> and he faces them on this SmackDown. And the Miz and Morrison are the tag team <laughs> champions here. Tag team champions and in 2020. 99 Hearts still wrestling. And yeah, Wild. it's just, Wild. it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, it's it's crazy how things change and stay the same at the same time. It's weird. Well, Another thing that is weird, it d- does actually change a little bit. This yeah, next SmackDown we'll is April 18th in 2008, and um, 
SmackDown's in London, England tonight, but you might not know because of the lack of a double-decker bus. <laughs> so, unless you're paying attention to the giant arena and the, the fans. Uh, but uh, no double-decker. Did they always do it from this O2 no. arena? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. It was massive. It's like it a was huge. Yeah, it was awesome. I love this crowd, man. They're great. It's just it's, it's fun to watch. So, um, I wonder if they'll go over there after Mania this year. Yeah. No, I not guess likely. not because <laughs> yeah, not likely. Well, we're we're told that the main event, uh, Vicky Guerrero has booked Undertaker versus Batista for the main event. So we get a video package recapping what happened last week, and um, Edge and the Edge guys come down for the main event uh, with ringside tickets. You know, they they they're not here tonight as performers. They're here as as guests in the show, and and they're 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 shown throughout the match, looking on, cheering, and mocking. You know, Taker and Batista. Um, and these guys, again, they can't have a bad match, no. Taker and Batista. Like, they really can't. Like, it's just, this is not up there with their, you know, 2007 classics, but it's not bad at all either. Like, it's still, even on a bad, like, even if this was a bad night, it's still great because they're just so good with each other. But, um, they, they, um, but one cool thing during the match is Michael Cole does a really good job telling the history of these two guys together that happened over the last year. Plus, how Edge kind of inserted himself and was kind of a thorn in their side the whole entire time and stealing the title away from them. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, the point of this match is that Vicky's trying to, like, like we mentioned just a minute ago, that trying to soften take her up for backlash. So we got him against his brother Kane in a hard-hitting match. We got him against Festus in a hard-hitting match. Oh, yeah. We got him against Batista, former world champion that always takes him to the limit. So, I do appreciate the uh, storytelling here when once it, I, it honestly had to be spelled out for me because I was just like mm-hmm. last week's episode of SmackDown was just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> but um, but but it's funny because then coach says something like, uh, you better believe Edge has ulterior motives with being at ringside. And Cole's like, yeah, man, I just said that, coach. <laughs> Cole's burdened coach, man, which doesn't happen very often. Well, so. I think we, uh, I think this might be what, what instigated uh, Coach saying bye bye here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Coach is not long for this world behind the commentary desk here. So we'll, we'll get a he'll, he'll exchange for another face, if you will. A man who has many faces will come mm. in and take his spot. So. Mm. Um, but I'll tell you what, I can take more of those Cole and Triple H on commentary in oh, the real man. world. That was fantastic last week <laughs> on SmackDown. <laughs> Let them call WrestleMania. <laughs> oh heck yeah! So, but anyway, these uh, back to this match. Uh, Batista and Taker spill to the outside, and they don't make it back in for the ten count. So it's a double count out, which is fine. It's you know even Steven. They wind up fighting, of course, right in front of Edge, and then Taker just completely unprovoked grabs edge and just yanks him across the, <laughs> the barricade yes yeah. edge was just minding his business man. <laughs> just, yeah didn't interfere didn't do affliction anything. t-shirt yeah. yeah just clapping along and yeah taker just grabs him over there and throws him in the ring and uh starts beating him up and then batista's uh still trying to fight taker as well and they both are in the ring together and trying to put edge down when chavo guerrero runs out and his new bodyguard who i believe was introduced on this smackdown we just uh or the the ecw we just talked about uh bam neely so 
Yeah, Bam, uh, Bam Neely. Yeah, uh, I think he might have been. Right. He might have even made it to the video game that year. I don't know. <laughs> he sucked. Oh, yep. bless her hearts. He was terrible. But um, anyway, Taker and Batista make short work of Hawkins, Ryder, Chavo, Bam Neely as Edge scurries away. But they, you know, he pretty much take out the rest of La Familia. So um, and then Vicky is wheeled out by Teddy, and she says. Company could be in jeopardy now, and they have the right to file civil and criminal charges against both of them. But then she completely just poops on her own, like threatens us. But that won't be necessary because next week Batista and Taker will face each other for the world heavyweight title, and the winner faces Edge at Backlash. So they stare each other down in the ring as they anticipate what's happening next week. So I liked her threat, but it was completely empty when she just completely craps on it two seconds later. So yeah, and it did, didn't really do anything for the whole the whole point of the night, but. Yeah, right. Whatever. It's still fun and still getting more Undertaker and Batista. So always up for that. Um, yeah. Before we get there, though, we'll take one more quick detour over to Monday Night Raw uh, as the Undertaker actually competes on April 21st, 2008. This is a three-hour special Raw that's got a King of the Ring tournament on there that ends with William Regal and CM Punk. And William Regal oh. wins. And I was, I was so sure it was going to be Punk oh, that night. Oh, man. I was so upset, but... William Real did a great job uh, mm-hmm. as a heel, as the King of the Ring as well. And, man, it seemed like he was set up for, like, a ma- real main event run, but kind of had some personal issues getting away of that, yeah. sadly. Yeah, I think, like, a month or two later, he was gone for yeah. a while. And, um, I mean, he's, he's always great, man. Oh, he's absolutely. Great. But Punk, Punk had the money in the bank this time, too, so that's why and I thought he, he would win this King of the Ring, be money in the bank, King of the Ring, kind of keep pushing up toward that main event scene. But we'll get there eventually, so. Uh, and then after Hillary Clinton wrestles Barack Obama. I'm sorry. Uh, yep. Hillary Clinton uh, wrestled Barack Obama. Uh, and then we're both that. beat up by Umaga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can only hope we get a uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump match on <laughs> Raw here in the next few months. Jeez. You know, they actually, they also actually had... The real Hillary Clinton, the real Barack Obama, and the real John McCain on this episode of Raw doing promos. Yeah. They actually got Barack Obama to say... For the American people, I've got one question. Do you smell what Barack is cooking? 2020 is weird, but uh, 2008 was pretty weird too, man. It was. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be seeing the same thing here in 20, uh, with these candidates, but who knows? Uh, who knows? No. Long way to go. Uh, Trump's a Hall of Famer. Just be true. Back in action. Uh, the real reason we're covering this, the main event is a big eight-man tag co-branded uh, with Edge, Chavo, Randy Orton, and JBL on one side against Cena, Triple H, Kane, and The Undertaker on the other side. So this is 
sort of a, a hybrid of all three of the world title matches happening yeah. in Backlash. So you got Taker and Edge facing each other, Chavo and Kane facing each other, and then the Raw main event is a fatal four-way with Triple H, Cena, Orton, and JBL. So yeah. big mega main event, as you can imagine. There's a lot of action, a lot of fun here, um, a lot of entrances that eat up a lot of time. Golly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Edge actually ends up getting the win for his team uh, as he spears Kane. But then after the match, that's when everybody runs wild with their finishers and keeps fighting. Yeah. Everybody spams them. Cena FU's Edge, Triple H pedigrees. Goes for pedigree on Cena, but JBL hits a clothesline on Triple H. Orton hits an RKO on Cena. Orton and JBL are staring each other down. And then Undertaker, he's going to be the one that drops the hammer. He goozles both these guys. Double choke slams him, and he gets to stand tall as the show ends. And uh, he also gets the last entrance out of anybody, too. So, again, mm -hmm. just pointing to his role in the company and the respect that all these guys has for him. Because uh, six megastars and Chavo, uh, and then Undertaker gets to be the last guy to make an entrance. Yeah, and I, I personally think Chavo deserves a Hall of Fame. Chavo's great. Not, not for his... Maybe not for his. Um, I don't know. I liked him better in WCW than he than yeah. anything he ever did in WWE. But I love Chavo. But um, yeah, great. you're right. He's not. Eddie. We've talked about him on the show. He's not gonna. He wasn't Eddie. Eddie he was, was a star, but he wasn't a main eventer. No, he but was. still, it is. Um, you know, former ECW champion. So yeah, true. Just like a uh, Big Zeke, like we talked about last week. Sure. <laughs> but no, yeah, that main event was stacked, and then there was Chavo. So, but um, anyway. That's going to lead us to the go-home show for Backlash. So, again, just a short, you know, month. Usually this, these April months are usually pretty short between pay-per-views, which is good for us sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, go-home show for Backlash, April 25th, 08. They recap the last couple weeks of what's going on. And, again, they present it. They really wrap it up in a nice bow here and present it as, oh, Vicky and Edge's big plan is to put Taker through tough opponents. You know, the show opens up with, um, I think it's just like a, after the recap, it just opens up and La Familia and Edge are in the ring already. So they don't even see their entrances. They're just already there. And um, Edge asks, he's like, can you, can you guys, can you, can you feel it? Can you feel the excitement in the air? Because, uh, you know, there's a big title match in the main event tonight. And so, you know, he's excited, you know, and he says that, um, or excuse me, Vicky announces that tonight's main event, not only is it Batista versus Undertaker for the World Heavyweight title, it's now a no disqualification match. And Edge, oh, yeah. Add a little more stakes to it, and Edge calls her a genius for making that match. So he says, you know, you guys can use whatever you want to beat the heck out of each other and get to victory. And But uh, this Sunday is, is more exciting, though, since now we're going to have a new World Heavyweight Champion crowned and a new ECW Champion. So he's guaranteeing that he and Chavo are going to win this Sunday. And then CM Punk's music interrupts, and uh, he comes out. And it's not, you know... Um, who was it? Is uh, Killswitch Engage or something like that? Was that who it was right. back yeah. then? Yeah, he hadn't. I guess what three years later he'd get, or three and a half years later he'd get his uh, his uh, cultural personality yeah. music. But and but dude, this I, I was gonna mention too. Orton still has the hey, who gets it? Yeah, like, I forgot how long he had that. I thought he had the voices mm -hmm. music for way longer. But I th I think he gets voices in. When he's feuding with Triple H before Mania, it's when mm. he starts punting everybody in the head. Mm -hmm. and I think he, I feel like he gets that around that area, around yeah. that era. I don't really remember because I wasn't watching his like religiously right now. Right now, but anyway, yeah. But it was surprising how how late in the game he had that. Yeah. So, 
but yeah, um, Punk comes out and uh, Edge pokes fun at Punk for losing to Regal in the, in the King of the Ring tournament and says he came up short and he might as well be called the Queen of the Ring. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Which, Dude, although... Why don't they do Queen of the Ring? Oh, I thought about that last year. We're like, what? They should do a Queen of the Ring night. Yes. They could do it on NXT or something, even like do Queen of the Ring and have Charlotte win it. <laughs> How <laughs> have they never done that with this whole know. women's revolution, man? I have no idea. They should. It should be something. I mean, it's not hard to write it. It writes itself. I mean, it's not hard to book or hard to think of. But um, well, although I thought Queen of the Ring could have gone with Rico too because he had the Duchess of Queensbury match back at uh, <laughs> back yes. in, in two thousand one. Yes. So. Yeah, dressed up as a queen. So anyway, but uh, Punk says, you know, just call him Mr. Money in the Bank, and it's a it's a better way to get to the top when he catches in rather than sleeping with the boss. You know, kind of putting Edge down, and Edge is like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, this is my love of my life. I love her. <laughs> He's going on, and Punk's like, Dude, that's gross, and that's not something I even want to understand. <laughs> Which is just great. Like he's just like shooting. Like this punk, that's gross. So um. But he's here to remind us that, you know, I got a championship match whenever I want. So he says Edge, um, or Edge says he's not worried about Punk cashing in on him and says, Punk's like, well, it's okay. I won't be cashing in on you because it's going to be Batista Undertaker. Basically, you know, saying that Edge can't beat him. And um, uh, Punk says, excuse me, he says because, you know, Dave, Big Dave and, and Taker have both beaten Edge in the past. So he knows that the Edge can't beat them. So. And they kind of go back and forth like little children until Vicky winds up making <laughs> CM Punk versus Edge. Um, and that match happens later on. And it's, you know, it's a match that I really wish we would have gotten more of uh, once yeah. Punk kind of became a full fledged main eventer uh, after Edge retired, unfortunately, the first time. So maybe who knows? Maybe if Punk comes out of retirement, we can actually get it. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> 12 years later. And nothing's. Uh, Nothing's for sure anymore in wrestling. I don't know what's happening. So uh, Austin was on Raw this week, and nobody was chanting what. So it's just nothing. I I don't know what's for sure anymore. There are no guarantees in wrestling. (laughs) So first time in twenty years, nobody's chanted what when Austin. I know. Might have killed it finally after all this stuff. I thought Byron Saxton was going to yell it from the the uh, like the um, the booth or whatever. It's like what, but anyway. He just got a nut shot for his troubles. We had <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I got. Well, uh, during this match, Coach is like says that he wonders if Edge is not sleeping his way to the top because he thinks he's he and Vicky are saving himself for marriage. So. Which I don't think that's the case because he did, he must have missed Strawberry Fields Forever Seriously. the other night. So, <laughs> um, but um, anyway, this match is what it is, and uh, Edge winds up defeating Punk with a spear after you know the Edge guys provide some distraction there, and then we see a highlight video of Taker using that new submission move, which they still haven't named, uh, but people and just making him bleed, and um, they talk about how you know Taker's adapted to the challenging a newer younger generation of wrestlers and he's just upped his game and changing his maneuvers uh and just like we talk about on this on this show he's just, he, he literally changes his repertoire like year after year you know it's just to to keep up with everybody else so it's great i thought it was really cool too like it's really yeah they don't do this stuff all the time and no. it, you know it was obviously they're building up that part of the storyline for this yeah. match and that part of the storyline for Undertaker's character. But yeah, it really, really continued to uh, put that over. Yeah. I mean, even like if, um, you know, just say, just not, not the same caliber, but like 
Jack Swagger started using the ankle lock randomly, you know, years ago, and like they didn't build a montage about why it was so powerful. Now he just exactly. started using it one day, like, oh, he's using the ankle lock. Now, like, I don't know, man. It's just like stuff like the little nuances little like that touches. don't get. Yep. They just if you highlight it and you show it, like Chris Jericho's Judas Effect elbow, like he highlighted that. So he's been practicing it. It's a, it's just a stinking elbow. It's not impressive at all. But because they built it up for AEW and New Japan. It means a lot, and you know when he hits that elbow, he's going to win a match. So, and that that they can still do that, right? You know, and so I don't know why WWE glosses over that stuff, but back here they didn't. And like you said, it really puts a spotlight on it. And we have the benefit of hindsight knowing where this match is headed, but um, it really it puts over the you know, kind of the, the definitive nature of that that move. When that move is on, boom, match is over. So, and that just I mean, it goes to show you the power of of storytelling with wrestling exactly. too, like. <clears throat> It doesn't have to actually hurt. It doesn't have to be right. a Canadian destroyer off the top rope. Like it doesn't right. legitimately almost have to kill somebody. Like right. the Hell's Gate. Like spoiler alert, it, it doesn't really hurt that much. <laughs> like right. and the Judas effect doesn't really hurt that much. Right. Uh, but the way that they sell it and the way that they build it up and the way they turn it into something—that's what wrestling is supposed to be. You know, yeah. it's supposed look at, to be fake. <laughs> yeah, look at the people's the people's elbows. The stupidest yes, move in the history sure. of the planet. It's one of the most over moves of all time. Like, <laughs> exactly. And it was it was a, it was a joke. Like it started out as a joke. You know, so um, whatever. But anyway, yeah. Batista and Taker, great main event here. No DQ. They again, they just they're fantastic, and they just they really build up to an ending with our trading those huge signature spots and finishers for near falls. Um, Taker grabs the steps and tries a tombstone. Batista on it, and Batista reverses into a nasty spine buster on the steps. Just seeing Taker take that move on the steps, whoo, made me hurt, man. Like it just—I don't like when anybody takes a move on on the uh, steps. But yeah, it was pretty painful looking. Great sign in the crowd uh, that says <laughs> Big Daddy V or BDV, the MVP of SmackDown. So BDV, <laughs> <don't know. laughs> yeah, I don't know where this guy's been all my life, but I love that fan. So good stuff, man. Good stuff, but uh, as to, as Batista is about to go for the Batista bomb, uh, suddenly Shawn Michaels comes in out of nowhere with the sweet chin music, and uh, kicks him right in the in the chin, and HBK leaves, and Taker hits a tombstone and pins uh, Batista for the win here. So Taker's really selling this war he's been through, though um, he's really playing it up like he's been softened up over the last three weeks or four weeks. So uh, that's going to come into play in the match we're going to cover in a second here too. So. Um, they, you know, Cole says the Edge is going to pick Taker's bones dry in a couple of days. You know, and he, there's not much left on on the bones here. So, and again, HBK ran in because he's facing Batista uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, it all makes sense. It all comes together, and it all leads to Backlash 2008, the tenth annual Backlash. Oh, kind of weird. Um, yeah. But uh, I know you and I both never have seen a second of this one. Um, I went back and found the sign. The sign actually said for BDV, BDV MVP equal ratings. So even better. Even better, yeah. (laughs) That guy in the crowd was here to see BDV and MVP. (laughs) That's great. I hope he got his money's worth. I don't think he did. I don't think BDV was on the show anymore. Yeah, I don't think he was. Yeah, what happened to him? I perceive he's gone. Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I haven't seen him. So, yeah, as I was saying, uh, neither one of us ever seen a second nope. of this one before. And the opening video, like you said, 
Uh, we got two main events tonight. Or, well, really three, because uh, they're building up HBK and Batista as a main event, and that's about to start that famous storyline that HBK and Jericho have that Chris Jericho always talks about being the favorite story of his career. Um, so mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's paralleling the Undertaker Edge storyline. They're both yeah. going to be the main stories of the summer of 2008 for WWE. And then you got Orton, Cena, Triple H, and JBL. And you know, it's all set to that great classic tune by our boy Kid Rock all summer long the theme song to this pay-per-view uh, man Mm-mm. my favorite Mm-mm. month of summer April <laughs> yeah, no that's what I was like I was like it's all summer long and this is April like summer doesn't start until what June why is like, it not yeah. the SummerSlam theme song I don't know. Yeah, it should have been SummerSlam things. I don't know, man. But they had to get that. Like Kid Rock, man, another Hall of Famer, you know? That's right. Kid Rock uh, there. But yeah, All Summer Long, man. What a guilty pleasure song. Oh, yes. <laughs> Werewolf of London slash, uh, what was the other? Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, Sweet Home Alabama, yeah. Uh, yeah, I should play a medley of all three of those together one time. Would. Anyway, but yeah, man, what's my favorite? My fair month of summer is April when I'm <laughs> what an idiot. Like, how stupid. So I guess all spring long doesn't really fit, but that's true. It doesn't but, have the same ring to it. But. Yeah. Well something else doesn't have the same ring to it is commentary table is gonna change tonight. So we see that the show opens and then showing the commentators for each brand and they show raw, they show ECW, which is good heavens, Mike Adam Lee and Taz maybe? The Taz, as JR calls him. The Taz. <laughs> Is that what he calls him? He today? says, Mike Adam. AEW? No, on <laughs> oh, okay. on this show, he said. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sending you all to our broadcast colleagues, Mike Adam Lee and the Taz. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a morning radio show. <laughs> Adam, Adam Lee and the Taz. <laughs> Hello, welcome to K109, Mike Adam Lee and the Taz. Uh, speaking of other guys who are still there nowadays is uh, Taz, the Taz and JR calling commentary together in yeah. AEW. How weird is that? But um, no Mike Adamley. But anyway, but then they cut to SmackDown and we got Michael Cole and he like secret reveals our new colored commentator and it's the man of many faces, Mick Foley. Yeah. So yeah, coach is out. And Mick Foley's here for a cup of coffee, cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> on the commentary booth. He can't handle it because Vince yells at him too much <laughs> in his ear. So and his I guess he yells in his good ear. Uh, maybe he should have yelled. He could have turned the headset around. He should have. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear you, man. Sorry. I only got one ear. That's, you know like a, that's like a skit right there in and of itself. It should have been. <laughs> On the like, Edge and Christian show. They should, be, they should be do that. Oh, man, it'd be great. I like it. Uh, I thought Coach was fine. Like, I didn't. Yeah. You know, I thought he did pretty good in the WrestleMania match. And, sure, yeah. You know, he was he was getting better, but yeah, obviously they're going with the bigger name with Mick Foley here, and I think Mick Foley does a good job while he lasts and mm-hmm. brings an interesting perspective to it. So we'll uh, enjoy that for the short time that it is. Um, Edge and Undertaker is going to go second from the top here. The Raw guys are going to get to main event, but uh, we get typically good video package, recapping the past month storyline, and Edge is going to come out first, and interestingly, he is all by himself here. No Familia, yeah. no Vicky Guerrero, no Teddy Long, nothing. He's all by himself. I thought it was strange. I know it happened at Mania. I thought that was because it's Mania, you know, and you saw Ryder and Hawkins come out near the end, but this, I was like, 
kind of been building up the whole month of him and the family. The, the family. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was strange. But anyway. Well. Whatever. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Um, the announcers do lay out for Undertaker's entrance as he comes out. And, you know, it's nothing special. Not one of his greatest entrances. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still uh, awesome presence as always. And then... Something interesting here, uh, we saw it on SmackDown last week, actually. I think maybe for the first time I'd ever noticed it. But this here on the pay-per-view, Justin Roberts makes the announcements for each guy once they're both in the ring. So championship-style announcements here. Mm-hmm. Hadn't really done that in WWE before, but they and they still kind of go on and off with it when they want to do it. Uh, seems like they do it in NXT pretty consistently, but I feel like they're pretty inconsistent on the main roster about when they do it a lot of times and a lot of times they don't yeah do they it. don't do it for like the 24 7 title yeah <laughs> but, but even on paper the, well, yeah sometimes maybe. i feel like they do it more on the pay-per-view than they do for like a raw or something but yeah right nxt it's like every title gets that big championship entrance which has its ups and downs it's really cool it makes it seem more real but then you miss out on stuff like 96 97 98 when the guys would just run to the ring and start blasting each other you yes. know like you miss out on that spontaneity when taker would just come out and austin would meet him in the aisle way and start peppering his face with punches so that's a great you point. know so each i mean there are times when it works and there are times when it's okay to forgo that and just let the tory this the tory the story tell itself you know so <laughs> well tories um, <laughs> thinking like 18th century history or something oh. wigs and tories sorry i was thinking about tory wilson so oh well but that's that's most of the time anyway so. <laughs> let's say when are you not <laughs> <laughs> well it works for this one uh this entrance style yeah. because undertaker does something <laughs> really neat here oh man yeah and this is fantastic man uh he's looking real tan and he's you know justin roberts introduces him and uh the camera closes in real tight on Taker's mouth. And, like, as he's introduced, as Justin Roberts introduced an edge, Taker mouths, I'm going to hurt you. Like, he doesn't yell. He doesn't scream. It's just kind of subtle. It's quiet. He says, I'm going to hurt you. And I, at the time I'm watching this the other day, because I've never seen this match, I'm like, what a freaking awesome, like, little touch. You know, like, it's, I don't know. I didn't know if it was just a timing issue, um, if it was just happenstance or whatever. But, like, it was... You'll see later on, spoiler alert, it's planned. It's part of the story here. But even the thought of putting that in there, yes, I don't think that came from anybody else but him. I can only speculate. It's my opinion. you you got to know that was a taker-like suggestion. Like, I'm going to say that. Like, right here, make sure the camera gets it. It's like, it's just, just the nuances, man. This, his, his attention to detail is so amazing. I just, I love it, man. He's a freaking man. I love it. It's <laughs> so good. Mick Foley picks up on commentary. Yeah. He he's sure to bring it up, which is a great touch, man. Uh, he does a good job here. Foley does, like I said, he he talks about Edge countering everything Undertaker did at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. uh, but he didn't have a counter for that submission. And um, the announcers kind of talk about how Edge hasn't been the same since then. Uh, Foley, he, he like he talks about. A match he had 20 years ago where he couldn't – I forget what With he Adrian made. Street. Yes, yeah, yes. With Adrian Street. And how he – Put him in some submission or something. Yeah, he always – he never quite recovered from that submission mm-hmm. and how Edge is probably always going to be the – never going to be the same from that submission. Just a lot of unique stuff that only Mick Foley could add there. I didn't know that they named the uh, the um, ring ropes in Japan 
one's name was Adrian, one street, I guess. He got in that fight and hung his ear up. So, <laughs> so that was a stretch for a dad joke. It didn't really work. I apologize, uh, people. You, it's late. That's how it goes, man. That's <laughs> right. High risk, high reward. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> but uh, like some stuff we're going to see here, you know, some high risk, high reward. That's so, right. But um, again, they, they're starting up here, and Edge is kind of playing chicken with Taker, and uh, Taker finally gets him and gets to lock up. And I mean, they go for collar and elbow tie up. And then Taker just shoves Edge through the ropes, like, and he just flies out to the outside. And uh, it's awesome, man. I love it. He just gets Edge, gets back up, gets back in the ring. They lock up again. Side headlock, shoulder lock, blocked by Taker. Uh, Edge gets back in the corner. Taker's punching him in the corner. And Foley, again, is putting over that new submission. Uh, and how no one's ever tapped out it, or no one's ever got, gotten out of it. And everyone taps and everyone bleeds. And so really cool stuff setting us up for the finish of this match. So I love what Mick Foley said too, about how Undertaker has defied logic yes. and become stronger and faster as he's gotten older, which yes. is why we're doing this podcast about it. Mm-hmm. He's one of the, the rare guy to evolve in that way. And Man, he he has. He's he's doing so much more in these matches than we saw him doing twenty years ago. And yeah. uh, you know, he's the, part of that was character wise, but now he's finally you know let the reins off and he's really able to do that sort of stuff. So uh, I loved him pointing that out. Yeah, I guess it's weird because like Shawn Michaels when he came back from his four year absence, he was in my opinion he's a better Shawn Michaels than he was before because he was clean and sober, but like. His style wasn't that far removed from his original self. Does that make sense? Yeah. But like Taker has even changed his style. He's not just walking around like a lumbering, uh, you know, monster like we talked about the first few episodes of this show. Like he just, he was always that big bad guy that Jason Voorhees or whatever that Freddy Krueger just chasing you down. Uh, he's, I mean, he's gotten better and faster and stronger. And Foley's right, man. He defies logic. It doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> somehow he's better. You know, it's crazy. And he's t- super tan. He is. <laughs> he used to be white, <laughs> white as a sheet. And now he's super tan skinny, man. I love it. He's uh, getting that, not getting that sting push. So. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> or, yeah, he methodically works over Edge. Yeah, just dominating him, man, with this with this strength and uh, these newfound skills and just um, just destroying him in the corner. Uh, Edge is able to get a few shots in and clotheslines Undertaker over the top rope, but Undertaker hits that perfect ten landing, and then Edge hits a baseball slide and sends Undertaker into the barricade. Edge dives off the apron onto Taker, but Undertaker catches him, rams him into the ring post. And just tosses him all around ringside into the barricade. Uh, but every time he's going back in and breaking the count. Great spots mm-hmm. here. Um, he just wants to have as much time as he can to just decimate Edge. So yeah, he uh, gets him up on the apron and starts working that apron offense. Yeah, then he hits that apron leg drop. And he's this whole time he's selling his back, though, because, like I said, Taker, uh, he's hit his back on the barricade. Edge has done the baseball slide. Last week on, or earlier this week on SmackDown, he got that spine buster on the uh, on the um, stair, the steel steps. So again, that's kind of the story here. The Edge is going to work on his lower back. So really good stuff. He, back in the ring, he scoops slams Edge, leg drop, cover for two. Edge reverses and, and hits an Edge of Matic, but only gets a one count. So Taker's still strong enough to kick out real quick. Um, Edge gets on offense, really working on Taker's lower back, wrapping the legs around his midsection, just trying to squeeze the life out of him and. 
Taker's uh, fighting out here, but Foley, Mick Foley's recalling, like, Taker's got a huge, a high threshold for pain. Like, I know because I've been in the matches with him. So he's like, you know, and he, he can withstand a lot. So I know this is, it's, it's going to hurt him, but it's going to take a lot more for Edge to get him down. So, and then about that time, Taker rolls over and does those UFC punches just right in Edge's face. So. <laughs> uh, excuse me for coughing there. My coffee went down the wrong pipe. But, oh, uh, it's apropos for an Undertaker match. Yeah, coughing. I guess so. <laughs> There you go. You're back on your game with the there we go. There strong recovery. There. There it is. I found it. Yeah, you got it. Sorry, I misplaced my throne for a second. My crown. Well, uh, Edge ducks a clothesline. He drop kicks Taker in the lower back. Gets a baseball slide into the back, and Taker's screaming in agony, writhing in pain, and Foley and Cole point out that you don't often hear that from Undertaker. And then Edge takes a uh, page out of a one of the greatest legends of our time. Uh, Scott Steiner busts out a Steiner mm. recliner in the middle of the yeah, ring. Dude. A camel clutch, as you might call it, but I'll call it a Steiner recliner here. Oh, yeah. He's got no simpy for uh, Undertaker. And uh, Cole, in his infinite wisdom, says, dude. This works on the back of Undertaker, right? Like, you dummy. <laughs> he's trying to get Foley involved on commentary, I guess, but yeah. it's a stupid way to do it. What a stupid, like, softball. He just threw him right in the middle. Like, yeah, this works the back, right? <laughs> like, that's so dumb, but Taker goes to power out here and picks Edge up on his back, and then I think things went a little wonky here because he kind of loses balance and falls forward, but they they recover pretty seamlessly, and Edge wraps See, his I legs thought, around. I thought he was selling right there. I think he's like trying to power up but it doesn't he's not quite okay well i see i thought that it was a flub because they go back to the same spot like two seconds later but either way it doesn't matter either way it's fine like they didn't it wasn't something that like i'm just nitpicking like it wasn't something that was noticeable so either way it's it's good stuff but um taker winds up grabbing the ropes to break the hold and edge gets on his back again and taker lifts him up and then he just does like the just okay you're on my back i'm gonna fall straight back and slam onto you <laughs> so which is always a great way to get out of that move so yeah it's always looks painful i don't know how you fake that like falling with somebody on oh, your back yeah. like i don't know how you like like how do you learn to fall 20 foot ladders that famous jr quote how do you learn to fall safely with someone on you like on your back i don't know so anyway both guys are up at the same time um undertaker whips edge into the ropes and they hit a double clothesline on each other. They both get up and then they double boot each other down at the same time, really putting over how Edge is kind of an equal Undertaker. He, he's able to counter everything he's got. He's able to match him every time. Uh, they get up and they're trading some suit bones with each other. Some of the old yay, boo punches here. Uh, Undertaker hits Edge in the corner with a running clothesline. Edge gets flown into the other corner. Taker hits snake eyes, big boot, hits an elbow drop, all those moves of doom, but it only gets two. And then Undertaker heads up top for old school, but Edge boots him down. Uh, Edge takes Taker to the top rope and goes for a superplex, but Undertaker shoves Edge down to the mat and goes for an elbow drop off the top rope. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Edge rolls out of the way. That's that's a big old elbow drop. Man. It is, so, man. It's huge. Pulling out all the stops for this match here, and this gives Edge a, a chance to kind of just get desperate. He goes out outside, rolls out, grabs the world heavyweight title, and gets on the apron with it. And he drops it. And I, at the time, I'm watching. I was like, oh man, he goofed right there. But I think that was set up properly because what we see in a minute here is he did that one on purpose. But um, really cool. He so he gets the title. He can't doesn't get a chance to. 
to use it as he gets goozled and drops it to the ringside. So, but he reverses that, you know, that choke and actually winds up dropping Taker neck first over the top rope. Gets in the ring, gets a goozle again. Edge reverses it. Taker reverses with another goozle to the throw. Edge reverses that into a side rush and leg sweep, which we don't see Edge do too often. Mm. So, gets a two count. But yeah, again, Foley's emphasizing how Edge has an answer for every single thing Taker's doing. He's got a reverse for the reversal. So, uh, that's the story here. Really cool spot comes after this where yeah. Undertaker, he's kind of got Edge up for a tombstone. Uh, but or or like maybe a snake eyes or something. He's got Edge up on his shoulders, but Edge hangs on to the ropes over towards the corner yeah. and actually unties the turnbuckle cover while he's still up there in Undertaker's arms. And then Edge scoots off Undertaker's back and kind of spears Undertaker into the corner right into that exposed turnbuckle pad. Uh, really, really well done there. Oh yeah, and you know, like you said, he took the turnbuckle pad off and he threw it across the ro- uh, across the ring. Yes. So Charles Robinson is kind of distracted here. So, uh, so yeah, Taker gets driven spine first into exposed turnbuckle, but he's the Undertaker, so he comes immediately out and clotheslines <laughs> Edge, right? And uh, Chris Chris Robinson, <laughs> <laughs> Charles Robinson. A much more level-headed Robinson brother, uh, <laughs> the turnbuckle, and Kurt Hawkins uh, nails Taker in the back with a world heavyweight title. So he picked it up where Edge dropped it on the outside, comes in and nails Taker in the back with it. So that was good, good psychology there. And again, the ref being distracted, it was all really well put together, man. I just really liked how this all came together. Edge goes for the cover, gets a great near fall, great, great near fall there. Both guys pull themselves up. Uh, Edge goes for a spear. It's countered into a DDT. Uh, gets a two count off that. Taker sits up, signals for the choke slam, puts the goozle on to Edge, and Zack Ryder pops up on the apron now. Undertaker shoves Edge into Zack Ryder, uh, goes for the last ride on Edge, but Edge sunset flips out of it and is trying to pin Taker, but Undertaker is able to turn that into that deadly submission move. So the crowd's rolling, they're excited, they know the end is near, and Edge is able to hang on a little bit longer than he did at WrestleMania, but finally taps out uh, to give Undertaker the win here at 18 minutes and 23 seconds to retain the world title. But Undertaker holds on to that submission even longer. He does not want to let it go. Like he said earlier, he's going to hurt Edge, and he does. Mm -hmm. As Edge uh, finally is let out of it, and he is bleeding from the mouth and barely moving. Yeah, bleeding from the mouth, barely moving. Vicky has been rolled to ringside by Teddy. I guess she's up out of her wheelchair, as we know. We saw, you know, last week we covered on the episode that she can actually get up and walk. She just, they haven't really gone back to that storyline, though, that she's actually faking this or whatever. But anyway, she gets in the ring. She's crying over him, consoling him, and just screaming about it. Hawkins and Ryder are concerned as well. The medics come out to check on Edge. Referees come out to check on him because are they. Like in WWE, are the, are the referees like like MDs? Yeah. Like Charles Robinson, MD. Like he's, yeah. Jimmy Cordero's MD. Like they're medical professionals. As yeah, well. they have uh, EMT training also. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. So, yeah. But, uh, That's why they yeah, put I've... those gloves on whenever there's blood <laughs> in the ring, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They might start wearing gloves all the time <laughs> they nowadays. Might have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But, um, Anyway, Edge is going to do the stretcher job here. You know, as the crowd looks on, uh, 
and he's going to get taken out. And he's kind of, it's funny because his, his hands kind of shaking as he's holding it on his chest. And it kind of reminds me of what happened to him in like 2020, a few weeks ago with Randy Orton, when yeah. he got, you know, kind of similar thing. But anyway, yeah, he's really selling that devastation. So they've really, they've really put Taker's move on a pedestal uh, over the last few months here. And then really right here with Edge just being, having to get taken out on the stretcher. So everyone in his uh, familia is freaking out. The uh, edge heads are crying and Vicky's crying and Undertaker's music is playing, uh, but the announcers are quiet. You know, mm-hmm. this is a serious moment here. So really... yeah. And the camera never goes to take her. Like you see, mm-hmm. you know that he's leaving. He's on the stage, like holding this title up because the fans are cheering and they're looking out like they're looking that way. But, um, the camera never takes attention off of Edge, which I like they didn't do that, you know, because it really, you didn't need to see Taker walking away again. Like, you, the focus is where the story is headed is based on the ending of this match right here. How Taker held on the mat, held on that move way too long, and did what he says he's going to do. And they play a replay and it says, where Taker says, I'm going to hurt you. So, still planned. Uh, I mean, I mean that proves that, that that comment was planned, but I love... I love the insertion of that at the beginning of this match. It was great. Well, there's one dude in the crowd that's, that's not buying all this, is he? <laughs> they're rolling edge past like, the, the crowd up the ramp, and this one dude's like, ain't no wrong with him. Ain't no wrong with him. Ain't no wrong with him. And I just, man, I love that guy. Where were He's they? What, what arena was uh, this? They were in the you know, First Mariner Arena in Boston. Oh, I th- Boston. Or no, I mean, uh, no, 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 not Boston. Uh, uh, oh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, so I don't know, man. But this guy was from somewhere else. He's like, hey, ain't no wrong with him. Ain't no wrong with him. That's great. Uh, well, uh, you know, I thought, in my opinion, I thought the finish was great. Like a lot, yeah. of, very intricate. All the different spots they had in there to roll into the finish. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Overall, I mean, definitely not bad, but certainly not no. up to the level of WrestleMania. I was, I was honestly a little disappointed in it after the WrestleMania sure. match was so good. Right. Uh, I kind of wanted, kind of, you know, I felt like with Undertaker and Batista, like every okay. match was was solid. You know, it, even if it didn't, yeah, I don't know if they all got better, but they were all at least like on par with each other. Yeah, this one definitely a lot slower at the beginning. Um, but you know, like I said, the finish was fun, and you can definitely see that this is going to be a much much longer storyline. Even if you don't yeah. know like we do that it is, you could tell from the way they were doing that. Yeah, this is going to go on for a while. But what did you think? Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly, man. It was um, it wasn't better than Mania, but it was it was good. But it wasn't one I'd say like, I wouldn't say like definitely go out of your way to see it or anything like that. You know, the Mania match is phenomenal, and so yeah, I was expecting maybe that match and then some. You know, but this was definitely not that. So, um, it's a good match though. But yeah, it's not going to make my top ten list or anything like that. So yeah. Go watch uh, Undertaker and Festus just to, just for the heck of it. Just because it <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. And do certainly subscribe to us as, on our podcast as we keep rolling, rolling, rolling on through the Undertaker's last ride. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different le- uh, next week, so we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, we do want you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, if you haven't gone through all our archives, 136 episodes now of Taker Talk going through his career. Man, 
a lot of people are gonna have a lot of time on their hands lately. So um, yeah. be sure to listen to any episodes you haven't. Uh, watch the matches before we get to them, so you'll you know you'll understand what we're talking about, and we want to hear your comments and your feedback on all the matches out there, folks. Uh, didn't get too much feedback about this match yet, uh, but you know you can still send it in if you like. Uh, we did get some fun feedback from last week's episode from the guys at the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast. Uh, they commented on uh, Undertaker's comment about our show, uh, saying, you know, if you listened to last week's episode, we told Undertaker about our podcast, and he said, well, what do you talk about after the first five minutes? So they said uh, the first five minutes of our show should just be called Taker's Five. So there you <laughs> that's, that's the only five minutes that matters. Everything after that, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> so I'm in favor of that. I, I appreciate that. I like that. Um, yeah, uh, n- not much else for that. Go support them. Go listen to their show. They did a really cool special for 316 Day. And they did a basically a watch-along for the entire King of the Ring tournament for uh, 1996 for Stone Cold debuted austin 316 Ooh. on that night so a fun look back at that go subscribe to their show wherever you listen to podcast go follow us on twitter facebook and instagram if you would um help support us uh in this crazy time go to tpublic.com and pick up a take your easy shirt or a poster or anything like that a sticker anything can help or go to stitcher.com slash premium and put in the code TALKINGTAKER for a free month of premium podcast listening. Like you said, we're all going to have a lot more time on our hands, seems like, these days. So go do that. Um, and, yeah, next week we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we are going to throw it back from our timeline. And we're going to finally catch up on the one last Royal Rumble that we have not done to watch along for. Uh, so we've kind of been uh, burning through those here the past few months. We didn't do the 91, 92, or 93 originally, but now we're going to finally kick it back for the 1993 Royal Rumble. Do a watch along for that entire match. Uh, we're going to put an episode in the bank for us uh, so uh, we can try to get ahead a little bit more. So that's why we're doing that, throwing back a little bit in the past but that'll be next week's episode and then we'll come back in two weeks with judgment day 2008 and even more edge so it'll give you a little break in the edge timeline as well but 93 royal rumble watch along undertaker giant gonzalez in there yokozuna Mm. macho man a lot of fun Mm. stuff to talk about those are always fun to do uh looking forward to cream of the crop exactly (laughs) oh man it's gonna be fun yeah Originally, we had that scheduled because I'm supposed to be out of town next week, and we weren't sure what we're going to be able to do. Who knows with the way the world is, what's going to happen or not. But anyway, yeah, everybody seems to have more time on their hands, but I have less because I'm working more hours and my kids are all home from school. It's a so. good point. It's yeah. a good <laughs> yeah, point. So I actually need a need a little breather for a second <laughs> so I can get ahead, so we can actually get ahead for watching this stuff. So anyway, yeah, weird, 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 weird. But I do want to recommend you guys watch. Uh, if you're a fan of Taker, you're. Um, You've been with us through this. You know that two of his classic opponents are Steve Austin and Bret Hart. And we covered them a lot in 96, 97 on here. And um, they just had a Broken Skull session. Uh, I think it dropped this week and um, on 316 day. And uh, I watched it the other night and it was very good. It was really short, though. I wish it was a lot longer. I know those guys have a lot more to talk about. They really broke down their match at Mania in uh, 13. 
which is really cool. But um, really interesting taker talk in there is that Brett is talking about uh, the Montreal Screwjob. Obviously, that's how they start the whole show off. But um, he talks about how Taker's the one that was like, we're going to give Vince and figuring this out like after it happened. So, which I've heard, I've heard that before and in shoot interviews or, you know, yeah. Bruce Pritchard talking about it or Vince Russo talking about it or Brett or Sean. But like he was, he's talking about how, you know, Taker's the guy that's like, no, like we got to figure out what the heck just happened. I'm going to get Vince. Like when Brett gets out of the shower and everything, like, I'll have Vince here. For you or whatever so like apparently those the undertaker they went and got vince and said you need to come talk to brett so wow again dude he'd only been there for seven years like not even yeah seven years because those survivor series and uh only been in the business for like nine or something you know just how crazy that he had that clout back then to go get the boss and say you better come make this right like somehow some way so i just thought that was cool and he's actually in the room when brett punched vince in the face <laughs> I didn't realize I forgot. I forgot that all the people that were in the room that that night too. Brett Brett lays it out. So anyway, what a wild, what a surreal story. Yes, yeah, exactly. Man. What a wild, wild west story. But anyway, Seriously. they just they briefly touched on Taker there, and it's just really neat because uh, again, those two guys talking are it's always fun because uh, because you know Brett led to the creation of the Mister McMahon character un, unintentionally, which led to Austin's rise to the top. <laughs> but you know, so it's like That's it's right. funny how it all you know we talk about. Early on in this podcast, uh, episodes one and two talk about how wrestling's like a comic book that never ends, and the stories just keep going. They continue. Uh, yeah, it's funny how all that was like one big story that accidentally fell into their laps. So, neato, gang. Wild stuff. Uh, <laughs> like we said at the beginning, it's wild times right now. We're, we're recording on Tuesday. This episode dropped, uh, you know, late Thursday, early Friday. So who knows what the world's going to yeah. look like in a few days. Uh, but once again, we appreciate you guys listening and your support for the show, and we're gonna keep pumping them out, uh, you know, uh, while while we can and while everything's you know good with us. So hopefully, mm-hmm. it will continue that way, and uh, we'll continue to be able to provide you guys just a, a small bit of entertainment uh, while this uh, craziness is going on. But you know, seriously, our uh, our thoughts and our prayers are out with all of you guys out there who are affected in it, uh, whether it's through through actual health concerns or through financial concerns or whether you just got your kids at home more than you thought you would and you got that going on because that's a real concern too. So, uh, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers and uh, out there to everybody out there. Yeah, spread the word of Talk and Taker. Spread the love. Don't spread the virus. And, uh, yeah, Bingo. Listen, listen up and uh, be careful out there. And uh, if you were there at the First Mariner Arena in Baltimore, if you were the guy that said, <laughs> whatever that whatever that quote was at the end, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he ain't hurt. Ain't no wrong was. with him. Ain't no wrong with me. If you're that guy, we want to know. But yeah, if you were there that <laughs> night, let us know what you thought about this match. Did it hold up to the WrestleMania match or not? And uh, uh, yeah, let us know. Or if you were there when you saw Festus wrestle Undertaker, we'd love to know mm. that. So, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, in all seriousness, take it easy. Assistant General Manager of SmackDown. Oh, my God. You know, it's one thing to have me stand guard at the door, but to have me stand here and witness the strawberry grazing? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, hell no. That's beyond the call of duty. I'm out of here. What is it? Oh, he always ruins our moments. Baby. Baby. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Don't worry about him. Don't worry, calm down.
Because, baby, I'm going to get you back in the mood. <laughs>